So my passion has really been, how do we help kids develop a strong math foundation that doesn't abandon them when they get to secondary? It's a small investment for a district that would make a huge impact on student achievement and teacher content knowledge. You're listening to the Ed Curation Podcast. We bring you stories from educational leaders about the instructional resources, practices, and movements that are reshaping learning. It's a little bit of social work, a little bit of science, and a little bit of passion. The most valuable resource is also their time. It just can't be wasted on fluff. But we have to be able to continuously poll our students and just give them voice. We have to pick texts that are totally going to push their thinking. We are talking about math again. Two weeks ago, we heard about strategies for math strugglers and math anxiety. And today, we have two educators who have come to share a resource that has really closed the learning gaps for their elementary math students. First, Nicholas Keith is the Executive Director of Curriculum and Instruction for grades K-12 through in the Crowley School District near Fort Worth, Texas. They have an extremely diverse population of about 16,000 students. I always find it interesting to start by hearing about what led my guests to their current role. So I came here by a sort of an indirect route. I actually started out as a music teacher, but while I was teaching music, our district at that time brought in a system called TAP, which is the Teacher Advancement Program from the National Institute for Excellence in Teaching. And part of that is there are mentor teachers on each campus. And so a mentor teacher really functions as an instructional coach for other teachers. And so I was, as I was in the music classroom, I was also a mentor teacher for groups of math teachers. And so as we were working together, one thing I came to realize was we can definitely do math better. And so I felt that was a personal call for me. And so I went back, I got my general... Nick furthered his education and worked as a third grade math teacher and math interventionist for all grade levels. And later he piloted a middle school STEM program. He also launched a blended learning initiative in his district. And he worked with a curriculum team to develop instructional guides, which centralize resources across the district for each content area. It kind of left me wondering if he is secretly three people. So I really got to see the full spread of the vertical development of what math looks like. I have a department of about 20 folks, and really they are the ones responsible for developing core content curriculum grades K through 12. So that's really interesting. You have a very eclectic background. It's not surprising to me to hear you say that you moved from music to math. There's actually a huge overlap between math and music because music is very mathematical. Do you think that that was the appeal for you when you started getting into coaching math teachers? Yeah, so I think it's I think it's kind of a blend, right? I think it if you look at how you teach music in a way where students need to experience it and then label it and then come back and constantly review it in order to internalize those concepts, that's also good math teaching. So students need to experience the concepts, they need to label them and then they need to have recurring exposure to them. And so I think not only are there parallels in the content, there's parallels in the pedagogy too. And I've been fascinated by that. And in addition to that, my math performance as a student took a big drop when I hit middle school, seventh grade. And what I realized was 
if there had been a different kind of preparation at the elementary school level, I think I could have been more successful there. So my passion has really been how do we help kids develop a strong math foundation that doesn't abandon them when they get to secondary? Maybe you've already written a book, but if not, that maybe sounds like the thing that would be the topic, right? <laughs> the overlap. Yeah, definitely. And, and I think for math teachers to take the conceptual approach to math, it, it helps to have like a creative and arts background to be comfortable giving kids those experiences to explore for sure. I love that you're saying that. If you, like me, are fascinated by the ways in which integrating the arts enhances learning, you'll want to be sure and listen to our May 20th episode with guest Gavin Mayer. Fascinating and inspiring. But today we're talking about math, and I've just asked Nicholas to share the game-changing resource that he and his district are using to turn all the math, fear, and loathing into peace, joy, and high scores. The Teach Transform resources that we've been using in our district, which really, this is a resource that's become very near and dear to the core of our, especially our elementary math curriculum. And so I think it's worthwhile for anyone to take a look at. Jennifer Williams is one of those educators who took a look at Teach Transform. And like Nicholas, she also became a fan. Jennifer worked as a math interventionist prior to her current role as the cross-content instructional coach in Gerald ISD in Central Texas. For people who don't know anything about Teach Transform, what even is that? Can you give us a nutshell? Sure. It's not a curriculum. It's not a textbook. It is a resource to use chocked full of activities that you can use with your students, whole group, small group, all of those. So if somebody already has a core math curriculum that their school or their district is using, but they realize, as we often do, there are gaps or I've taught the lesson that's in this core curriculum and my kiddos still are not getting this concept or this thing. Teach Transform can come and be used as a supplement. Yes, absolutely. So it really is designed to be a supplement for those, for math's toughest challenges. Yes, it is. Yeah, extra support for that. So good. It's something that we all probably have wished many times that we had and didn't know where to find. What were teachers in your district doing to address this kind of learning prior to finding Teach Transform? So we mainly relied on our textbook. Most textbooks are not 100% aligned to your standards. So here in Texas, you adopt a textbook, but you have to be careful using that textbook all the way through because it's not completely lined. I am not aware of any textbook company that have produced anything that's 100% aligned. Yeah, okay. The beautiful thing about Teach Transform is it's written to match the standards, whether it's TEKS or it's Common Core. The activity is not written first, and then you match a standard to it. So they take the standard and they write the activity to match the standard. And figure out what's the best way to address the standard. Yes. I love yes. it. So good. So what has happened as a result of the resource, right? What impact are you seeing on learning? The biggest impact that, that I have seen is that we have teachers that have never taught math or they're in a new grade level and they've never taught that grade level specific for math. And Teach Transform, in their books, they have a section called the meaning of math. 
And so it's almost like a mini professional development for each skill. So not only is the activity there, but it gives you the meaning behind it. It breaks down, for example, fractions, not just, okay, here's this activity, here's how you do it. It explains and gives the the teachers a lot of background knowledge. That has been the biggest help for our teachers. I'm always intrigued by and a little in awe of math people. So I asked Jennifer if she had pursued math and become a math interventionist because she's always loved math or because math was a challenge that she needed to conquer. It wasn't really either, or maybe it was both love and challenge because it was Jennifer's daughter who influenced her career in the direction of numbers. She struggled with math from about third grade to, I would say, almost to high school. I would have to reteach her every evening, her math lessons. So I had to research myself ways to reteach her. And that's when I started researching about how to teach math and the best practices to do that. So my guess is that you encounter a lot of students, just like your daughter, who are struggling with math. Yes. As a math interventionist, absolutely. Most of the students I saw were normally about two grade levels below where they should be. And so my job was to try to fill in as much of those gaps as possible. And then as an instructional coach, you probably have teachers who are also feeling a little bit helpless and maybe wanting to tear their hair out because they can't figure out how to give access to those kiddos, right? Yes. Yes. And I think being a math interventionist has helped me be an instructional coach because I lived it and I was a, I'm able to help them through that process, helping the struggling students. I wondered if Nick's experience was similar using Teach Transform with the students in his district. When I came into Crowley, those resources were already in use. So before I even showed up, they had implemented Teach Transform. And so we looked into how are our campuses who have chosen to use Teach Transform resources doing at those grade levels? We saw improved instruction, improved data, and our elementary math coordinator was really the champion for pushing to extend that vertically and move into third, fourth, and fifth grade with those resources. So is it just elementary? It's a K through five resource? So it's in more upper elementary, three through five, but then they have also recently expanded into some middle school areas of focus. So there are six, seven, eight resources as well. Okay. And how were teachers in the district addressing that learning prior to Teach Transform? Or do you even know? Because you said that they were using it when you arrived. So we had a math textbook adoption about 2014. And so the district had gone with pretty much your standard big publisher textbook. But I think anyone who works in curriculum from a state perspective knows that those adoptions tend to be national adoptions that have been tweaked or modified to align with state standards. And when I say align, we just put that in quotes. And so it kind of aligns with the state standards. And so the district was was using that resource And because of that, there were gaps in what our students were learning because the national standard was not completely aligned with the state. So I'm hearing a theme emerging here when it comes to standards alignment. This is sounding like a fix that is really needed across the board. And this need is one of the things that Teach Transform founders were endeavoring to address by creating these resources. And not just for Texas. 
let me just pause a minute here and talk about standards because you're in Texas. So this is not a Texas specific resource. So it's important to say that, I think. There is a big overlap between Common Core and Teaks, although I think Texans don't like to say that too loudly. What would you say that overlap is percentage-wise in math? I mean, I think it would fall into that 70 to 80% range easily. And then I think one thing that that the folks at Teach Transform are doing well right now is taking Teaks-based resources and also aligning them to Common Core. I know that's been a major push for them. So like if you visit their website, you'll see here are the Texas-based books, but then also here's what it looks like for Common Core. They have some resources that are coming soon. And I know that's kind of that conversion process for them is very important to make them as widely useful as they can. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Nicholas. So you're as a curriculum director, I'm sure you see a lot of programs. You look at a lot of curriculum and a lot of different kinds of programs. So can you say a little bit about what differentiates Teach Transform? What sets it apart? So I mentioned the teacher development piece of the resource. And to me, that is absolutely huge. So a lot of times, especially at elementary, you're dealing with a generalist who may not have a math-specific background. And so the professional development that's built into the books. And so it's, here's exactly how you can teach it. And then also here's some brief articles, summaries, just a couple paragraphs to help build your content knowledge about why you're doing what you're doing. So it's not just handing a teacher a resource. It's also helping to develop their pedagogy and content skills so they can do better with whatever resource they have. So the teacher professional development part is huge. And then secondly, I think the very intentional structure of how do we hook students? How do we engage in this? How do we give them some open-ended questions to help them start thinking through this? Then how do we move them into the hands-on piece? Then how do we move them to pictorial? And now how do we help them practice more abstractly or algorithmically? That that progression is not evident in, I'm not going to say every, but I would even say many of the resources that support math. Teachers are kind of left to their own devices sometimes to work through the best way to present that information. This is Jennifer again. One of the ways that Teach Transform addresses that is they go through a what we call in math a concrete pictorial and abstract approach. So when you're teaching math, You always start with the concrete, which is usually something kids can manipulate and move around, whether it be actual manipulatives or it be something that you've cut out of paper that they can move around. So taking that learning and making it concrete, right? Yes. Yes. And they're very good about that. And then they move to that pictorial stage where you take what you're doing concretely and you move it to literally a picture, a drawing of what you've done. And then and you write about it. They have sentence stems in there for the kids to be able, not only do we want them to orally talk math, we want them to write math because that embeds the learning. And so Teach Transform has within their activities, they have those sentence stems in there for the kids to use. So it almost sounds cross content, right? You're bringing in some literacy, you're using narrative, you're being active. I mean... Yes. And some of their problems, some of their activities are actually stories. They're math stories. They have pretty much thought of everything. They've really researched the best way to teach math and have included that in their activities. Give me an example of a math story. I mean, you don't have to tell the story, but like if somebody's listening and they're like, what's a math story? What does that mean? It would be telling a story and including math in it. So like if a family was cooking 
there's math in that. So it's telling it as a story, basically, and then bringing the math in to solve the problem, trying to make it real life. So it engages kids because, yes, yeah, because it gives a context and then there's some meaning because you want to know how the story turns out. Right, right. Why are you a fan of Teach Transform? What do you love about it that other resources weren't able to deliver for you? It's the mini training, the background knowledge that comes with the activity. A lot of times you don't find that in other published resources. So it's the teacher. It builds the teacher's content knowledge and it builds their confidence. Which for you as an instructional coach is a huge win. It helps me a lot. Yes. We can pull out that teach transform and we can go through it together. It has what we need right there in front of us to use. Yeah. It makes my job easier. I was going to say, I mean, wow, what a find for you. Let's talk about the students. What have you seen your students achieving using this resource that they maybe weren't achieving with other resources? So we've definitely seen growth in our math data at the upper elementary level. Obviously, everyone's dealing with COVID disruption and COVID slide and things like that. But we have definitely seen growth in those students at the grade levels where we're using that resource. But then to even just bring it down to the student level, I'm thinking of a specific third grade class right now. And You know, one of the activities in Teach Transforms just starts with questions of kind of would you rather to get students thinking about like the comparative size of fractions. So like, would you rather eat one sixth of a cup of grasshoppers or two thirds of a cup of grasshoppers? So this is a math problem that I know the answer to right away. It's no, just no. So students, they have to reason about the size of that. But at the same time, it's engaging them very personally in, well, I either like grasshoppers or I don't. So they may choose different answers, but they have to justify it as well. And so just thinking about, you know, data is one thing like and that's important. The standardized test is a part of our life, but also just connecting students to math in a in a more realistic way that's very age appropriate. I just I love to see that when I walk into the classrooms and hear those conversations from the kids that are there. Yeah, because it just sounds like there's an element of fun. Absolutely. So you mentioned that there's a lot of support for teachers, a lot of good professional development, and that the that the materials themselves almost have some coaching, some pedagogical coaching integrated into them. How long do you think it took your teachers to become really proficient at using this program? Did they just hit the ground running? So I remember really the first year that we were implementing kind of at a broader scale, we we have groups of instructional coaches on each campus. So we have a math instructional coach at each elementary campus. And we brought them all together like we do. And we were just having a conversation around the implementation. And one thing that we ended up discussing was your teachers have not necessarily been teaching to the level of rigor of the standard this entire time. And so some of them may be struggling because what we're asking them to do is increase the level of instruction to match the level of the resource. And that's going to be tough at first. And so teachers love the resource, but there is definitely an initial learning curve to teach to that level and the pedagogy that goes with it. It's about posing questions. It's about getting students to think. It's about working through the concept. It's not just here are the four steps on how to multiply three digits by two digits. That can be a change of practice for for a lot of teachers. 
So that helped you because as curriculum director, you were able to kind of shift pedagogy district-wide just by virtue of the resource that you were bringing in. You mentioned the story about the kids with the grasshoppers and how you like being in classrooms and seeing the students engaged on a high level. Do you have any particular success stories or favorite stories from a certain classroom or a particular student? So thinking about a fourth grade classroom at another one of our elementary campuses, one of the ways that teach transform activities are structured is they're very story-based. So instead of having eight disconnected questions for students to practice when they get to that point, there's kind of a through line in all of those. And so getting a chance to walk into this fourth grade classroom with a very animated teacher who's sort of acting out all of this and the students are 100% engaged in this goofy story about I don't, I don't even remember who who the characters are, but it's like, oh, yeah, and we're also doing math. Like, when, I think when you get them to that point and the math becomes sort of invisible because they're so engaged in the rest of the process, it's just it's great to watch. And it's great to watch teachers enjoy teaching. So I guess the success story is both about the students being engaged, but it's also about giving teachers the resources they need to really love what they do. Who should check this out? Can individual teachers check it out? Should it just be curriculum directors? Who can contact Teach Transform? I think anyone who has an interest in effective math instruction starting at about third grade can look into this. So this really was sort of initiated at the teacher level originally in our district. And then it was picked up by our elementary math coordinator. And then it came up to my level so we could fund it and expand it. But just going to the website at teachtransform.com, you know, you can order the individual books, the paper copies. You can order PDF copies if you just want to have that. If you're a principal, you can order campus licenses. We have it licensed across the district. So we're able to host the PDFs on our own internal site. So teachers can just go there, print what they need and go from there. So really, if you're connected to math, this is definitely something worth looking into. It doesn't have to be a district-wide adoption, though. Anybody could do it, even an individual teacher. It's very flexible. So if you already have a core curriculum you're working within, I think typically what we see is a core curriculum will have strengths and it will have gaps, right? And so I think fractions units are a really good example of that. Your fractions units are almost guarantee you have a gap somewhere. And students need additional practice beyond what's provided in, in the math textbook or whatever else. And so taking a resource like a Master Fractions book and just picking out the specific activities that are needed for students to get practice just during the lesson cycle, but then also stations, also independent work. There's so many different ways that it can be used. I think it really integrates nicely with whatever else you have going on in your district. And from Jennifer. Any of your classroom teachers that teach math need to look into it. Any of your interventionists, your special education services use it absolutely. And what I also love about it is it's reasonably priced. You could buy like a district site license and I think it's around $125 somewhere in there. Oh, wow. Or you can buy it by book, by separate books. So does that mean that families can also buy it? You know, a lot of families have been homeschooling or just trying to keep their kids going at home. Could they buy the books? Sure. Absolutely. And actually, you know, it's very laid out and, and clear and concise. So parents, it actually might help some of our parents understand the meaning behind the math. And it also comes in Spanish. Oh, that's right. I remember that now. And that's huge. Yes. That's such an appeal. Yes, it is. 
Well, is there anything that I didn't ask you that you'd really like to share with our listeners about the resource? Not necessarily about the resource, but I'll just speak to the folks who founded the company. They are incredibly passionate about the work that they do. I mean, Carol and Cindy are both, they want what's best for kids. They want what's best for teachers. And they are incredibly responsive and they've put in the work to really make what I think is a quality resource. So I, I think it's worthwhile giving a shout out to them. They work incredibly well with districts, incredibly well with teachers. I agree with you. Carol and Cindy are amazing. I learn something every time I talk to them. You can find Teach Transform resources at edcuration.com. Enter Teach Transform in the search bar and reach out to them via the Connect to Vendor button on their page. They are releasing a number of new resources for the fall of 2021 and will be hosting an online math content and strategy academy. So learn all about it by visiting them at EdCuration. And while you're there, be sure to set up your free dashboard and collect favorite resources, notes, create comparison spreadsheets, and discover all of our free professional learning opportunities. Thanks for listening today. We hope you found this episode helpful. And if you did, please leave us a comment. And we hope you'll tune in again next week on the EdCuration podcast, where we reshape learning.